Hey, this is Kevin Van Dam, and you're listening to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. And you're about to hear KVD share his most epic day of tournament fishing ever. Here we go with part two of our special one-year anniversary episode, brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Welcome back to part two of our one-year anniversary special with Kevin Van Dam. In part one, we talked about the fishing KVD did growing up, how he got his start in professional fishing, and some of the other types of fishing that he loves to do. Let's pick it right back up where we left off. Yeah, so do you get occasion to go and uh, still do all of those types of fishing that you did when you were a kid, you know, the trout and, and you know, musky and pike, or is that kind of hard to get time away to do that these days? Um, you know, I still do, uh, you know, uh, not near as frequently as I used to, um, cause obvi- but obviously I spend the majority of my time uh, based around the tournaments and, and, you know, the travel that I have to do. And, uh, sponsor appearances and promotions and mm-hmm. television shows and things like that. But, um, no, I still get to do, uh, do some, you know, again, where I live, it's, uh, pretty close proximity to a lot of, a lot of good opportunities for different, yeah. different things. And I still got a lot of friends that, that live at home that do that. You know, they're like, man, it's going on right now. The steelhead are really, really going <laughs> and you get away and, you know, it, it usually doesn't line up, but uh, occasionally it does. You know, we'll we'll get some of those types of trips in, but usually I got a plan for it. You know, I'll, uh, a lot of my family vacations and things like that are are planned around great fishing locations, and you know, even if we're doing other things, there's usually a couple of days or a day or two where we'll be uh, on the water. Yeah, there's there's going to be a rod that uh, somehow sneaks into the uh, in, in with the luggage. I'm thinking on most yeah, trips. It's it's it's, uh, it's who I am, so it's yeah. pretty much uh, part of what I do. Absolutely. Well, you had mentioned your foundation earlier and um, all the great things that that you do with fishing and promoting fishing. But you know, you do some other things too. I was uh, noticing, especially with you know, like the March of Dimes, and I, I just wanted to give you a, a, a chance to uh, talk about that real quick. Yeah, um, you know, I have twin boys that are um, they're in college now, um, and you know, when they were born, though, they they were only a you know, a pound and a half a piece and, you wow. know, it kind of happened right during the, um, the, the beginning of the tournament season. And, um, you know, we just really didn't know what to expect or do. And, um, you know, that's really what the March of Dimes is about is, is promoting, um, you know, healthy babies and, and a lot of awareness there. And so I, I learned a lot about the March of Dimes, um, through that experience and have since, um, through the years and, and also, about, you know, the work that a lot of these children's hospitals do, especially ours locally, you know, we, we still keep in touch, um, with the, the group of nurses that, um, took care of our boys when, when they were born and um, still do a lot with our, with our local children's hospital. But I've also, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity, um, over the years to work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and, um, you know, 
get to take, you know, uh, different kids that have uh, all different types of illnesses and uh, you know, get, get them out there on the water and fishing. And so I've, I've worked with, you know, some of the other children's hospitals around the country and things like that. And a lot of times for some of our tournaments, we'll actually uh, have a group of anglers go visit some of these places. So, so yeah, so that's another thing that, that is uh, kind of near and dear to, uh, to Sherry and I is, is, um, you know, the, the March of Dimes, I was the spokesperson for them, um, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a year here in Michigan where, you know, I was kind of the lead for, for fundraising. We got to tell our story and, and things like that. And, uh, like I say, still do have done for many years and, and still do a lot with the March of Dimes and, 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 uh, different children's hospitals, especially here locally. So we, we, you know, ra- helped them raise some money and a lot of awareness and things like that for different projects and, and things that they've got going on. And, and really watch them grow um, to be able to provide, you know, better care for a lot of their families. There's, there's nothing more traumatic um, as a new parent than, than being thrown into, um, you know, that, that world where your, your son or daughter is um, in need of care or sick or, or, you know, just like, I mean, ours, we were very lucky. They were born very premature, but uh, you, you look at them today and, you really wouldn't know but uh you know they just do such fantastic work and and it's not just um treating the you know the sickness in the in the child but also taking care of the families you know it's it's a it's a whole process and that's that's what they do an amazing job of and uh until you've had to experience it you don't appreciate um just how great the work that they do is yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and we're gonna when we post the episode here, we're gonna have links to uh, your page and, and your foundation, so that uh, you know if people wanna uh, jump in and help, you know, hopefully they'll make it easy for them to to find that and you know read about a little more about uh, all the great work that uh, that your charity does. Yeah, we're uh, we're committed to you know to really helping kids. I've been fortunate um, in my career to. Uh, to get to make a living at something that I love to do. So we just want to try to, uh, you know, reach as many, uh, not just kids, but, but new people to, to have them, you know, share that same type of joy, um, in fishing and in, in a lot of different platforms there. So, uh, we, we, we really work hard at it and, uh, make sure that when we get donations and things that we absolutely make, we don't have a, a single paid person on staff. We do it all out of our own pocket and, and actually spend a lot of money of our own money too, to, for a lot of these causes and things like that to, to maximize uh, our impact. And, uh, and we, you know, it's, we we're have not been at it that long. I think, you know, I guess we're probably had our foundation up now for about five years, but uh, you know, we got big plans for the future. So always, Always working on new projects. That's awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to hear one of Kevin Van Dam's most epic fishing stories ever. So stay tuned. I just wanted to say a quick thanks to all of our listeners out there. If you enjoy the show, please take a second to leave us a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. It really helps us to spread the word so that we can keep bringing you the most epic fishing adventures in the world. All right, 
We are back with Kevin Van Dam, and I'm going to ask him what may be the uh, most unfair or difficult question he's ever been asked, and that is, can you pick a single most epic day of fishing that you've had over your incredible life and career of fishing? Well, um, I can't pick one that is that I would say just stands out and is the most, because um, I have so many. Um, yeah. and for different reasons, you know, I mean, I've had days where it's just an unbelievable number of fish or unbelievable amount of big ones or things, but, um, in, in some epic trips to, you know, to Alaska or South America or, or, you know, even other unique places, Canada, or I've been to Spain, you know, a lot of, a lot of different things, but, um, you know, as a tournament fisherman, you know, winning a big tournament or having an unbelievable day in a competition when it, when it counts, um, really, you know, it's kind of the epitome of, of, of what we do. So, um, you know, I've been fortunate to, to have won a lot of tournaments and had a lot mm-hmm. of success in my career, win a lot of titles, a lot of different things, but, um, the, the Bassmasters classic that I won in new Orleans, um, in, in 2011, um, which was the last one that I, that I've won, um, was one of them that was really, really special. Uh, and, and the biggest reason was because as much as you put into, you know, tournament fishing that it's a lot of sacrifice on your family. I mean, it's, you, I'm spending a lot of time on the road. Um, yeah. you know, I've got, I told you I have twin boys and, um, they sacrificed a lot growing up. It's showing when you can do something, um, you know, for them to, go to the classic my whole family goes with me my mom and dad have been uh, you know almost to every classic that i've took you know i've been to 28 and they've been to like 24 of the 28 that i've been to you know my my boys wow. have been to every single classic since they've been born my wife you know is their brothers sisters family you know you get so much support there and that classic you know after the first two days um it was was going pretty you know pretty well and um, I was in the lead going into the final day and, you know, just right off the gate, um, on the third morning, on the final morning, you know, I started out strong and I mean, by 10 o'clock that morning, I, I was calling five pounders, you know, I mean, wow. uh, I was on pace, you know, for a record setting day, just, just an epic day of, of, you know, just catching big bass after big bass. I mean, I was throwing four pounders back left and right that I couldn't even call with and, and, you know, by at 10 o'clock in the morning, I knew that I was going to win the classic. And to have that feeling to know that, um, when you're, you know, you're going to go back to the Coliseum in front of, you know, whatever it is, 20,000 fans there and all your family and all that. And to know that you're going to win, uh, yeah, it is pretty dang special, you know, so <laughs> it, it was one of those deals like when I finally got there to the way in. And it came down to the end and, um, I got to, you know, weigh my fish and just, I just kind of really sat back and, and just watched, um, the reaction of, of, you know, my wife, my boys, my family and stuff like that. I mean, I think they, they might've had an idea, but they don't really know. But I mean, in my mind, I knew that I, that I couldn't be caught. And, um, you know, I ended up winning the, winning the classic by uh you know with a record weight i won you know one by over 10 pounds and um 
you know, so just to be able to get to do that for them and to be able to enjoy uh, that moment to watch to watch them uh, for it uh, was one of the one of the best days that that I could have had on the water. Wow! So, w- was there something special going on that day with with the fish? I mean, it, yeah, it was just a it was a timing thing that. Um, you know, we were there in the springs and, you know, the weather had been really, really cold the week before leading up to it. And it started to warm each day. And, you know, the first day, um, you know, they were biting pretty decent. And the second day it got a little better. And that last day was just one of those days where, you know, a bunch of, uh, of big bass moved into this big spawning flat. And it was, it was just, you know, one of those, you know, one in a million days when everything just fell into place and, and conditions were perfect <laughs> and uh, just a special, special day of fishing. And to be able to have that happen during the biggest event there is in the sport, um, right? Just you just you can't hardly script it any better. No, and that absolutely sounds like the highest of highs you could ever have in fishing. Um, but I, I just wonder, contrast that to, you know, some of the days where you're in those high pressure situations and you can't get a bite, you know, how do you, you know, as a professional angler work through that? You know, I've heard a lot of anglers we've talked to say it's you know, it's such a grind, you know, how, how have you learned to, to cope with that when things are tough out there? Well, it's, um, that's the difference between, um, you know, people that are really good uh, competitive anglers and people that aren't is, is that mental toughness, um, you know, being able to, to keep your, uh, keep your cool under pressure and, and make smart decisions based on the conditions. Uh, you know, it's, you know, at this day and age, everybody has great equipment and they all have, uh, experience and the abilities and, and, and that to do it, but in the end, it comes down to your decision making and and your thought your thought processes and your and being able to uh, keep your cool under pressure. And, you know, it's what's between your ears, and that that's what separates <laughs> yeah. the the top guys in competitive fishing from from the the guys who don't make it. And uh, it's not an easy answer. And I'm not saying that I'm that I'm great at it, but you know, I've I've got a system that, that works for me and, um, you know, and it, it's not really something that is easily to duplicate by somebody else. I mean, you, it has to be in your DNA, so to speak, or your makeup. You, you, you know, you, it's not something you can learn. You're either born with it or you're not. Right. So I, I wonder if that would be the advice you give to, you know, up and coming anglers that, that you, you said that, you know, you've got your system that works for you. Is that really the key that, you know, everybody's got to find what works yeah, for them? Have, and you have to, you have to be confident. Um, and you I mean, cause on any given day, there's always a lot of different ways that you could catch them or a lot of different lures you could use. And in the end, it comes down to, to execution and, and your, and your own confidence. Um, so, and that's what, uh, you know, a lot of young anglers had to figure out is like, hey, you can't go out there and and do what the the book says you should, or or what 
what you read on the internet or, or you saw on somebody's YouTube channel or whatever, you've got to go out there and make it happen yourself. So you have to do what you believe, trust your own instincts and, um, and, and, and follow your own, your own gut. And that's, that's what it comes down to in competitive fishing all the time is just really, um, you know, trusting your own experiences and, and, uh, believing in yourself and, and actually going out there and making it happen. Right. Wow. Well, that, that day you described, I think that's kind of the dream of, of every, uh, angler out there and what an amazing feeling that, that must've been. Yeah. It's something that, uh, you know, I wish everybody could experience, experience, you know, I mean, uh, you know, there's not a bass fisherman out there that, that probably hasn't dreamed of, uh, of, of winning the Bassmaster Classic, but, uh, <laughs> yep. it's, it's not, uh, it's not easy to do. And, um, but boy, it, it is, it's pretty, pretty darn special. And that, that one was unique to me, but, you know, I also, also won the toughest one in history in Pittsburgh where you want to talk about a nail biter. It was, uh, the lowest winning weight ever and and it was down to ounces so um you know and, and it's they're all you know they're all special obviously but uh it's if you want to script it as as a angler you want to win by a you know you want to win by a landslide and, and <laughs> that one classic there in new orleans was was that it was just the you know the day that you would if you planned it at the beginning how it would go that's that's pretty much how you would how you would write it down in the book. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, next tournament's coming up in uh, like a month or so? Uh, two, ne- actually, starts not this weekend, the next weekend in Oklahoma, Grand Lake. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be watching and uh, looking forward to seeing more great uh, epic finishes from you here in the future. Oh, uh, let's hope so. <laughs> I, I kind of have a feeling. I've... Uh, one of my favorite uh, shows I've seen you on was uh, Major League Fishing, uh, and man, you just had a couple days where you just smoked them, um, and it's it's fun to watch those other guys talking about it <laughs> while that's going on. Well, that's that's always the plan. It doesn't always work out that way, but we that's the way you you try to script it. It's worked out occasionally, so. Wow. Well, an amazing story. And uh, Kevin, I'm I'm just going to go uh, pinch myself here and just make sure it wasn't a dream that I got to talk fishing with you. Uh, what a great experience. And uh, just want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and sharing that story with us. You bet. Glad to do it. So, KBD comes on the show and not two weeks later, he wins the Bassmaster Elite Tournament at Grand Lake. Coincidence? I don't know, but I wouldn't risk it. Sign up to be a guest on the show today at www.tell.fish forward slash guest. And who knows what might happen next. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.